Yo, the lottery is done. The Pelicans pick has been determined. Herb Jones was snubbed. Should the Pelicans trade the pick? Should they keep the pick? What will they do? What would this team look like in less than a month? Let's talk about it. You must know that first. Can't nothing and nobody fade what we're trying to do and what we're about to do. Second thing is, we got this game on our level. You understand what I'm saying? Welcome to another episode of Vince Space. I'm your host, Chris Connor. Yo. So, background. I was going to do a show on Herb Jones last week, but I got a little busy. And uh, wasn't able to put something in, put something together, so I figured I sandwiched it together. Week later, draft draft um, lottery results are in. Pelicans' fate is determined. All dreams of being top four is out the window, and now we're having a different a different discussion. But I think one that we all expected. So let's get into it. Um, I'm sure, as as everyone knows, that tunes into this show, Pelicans are at 14, and already. And hasn't even been 24 hours uh, from the time I'm recording since the Pelicans have since their their fate has been um, <clears throat> announced. And there's been a lot of opinions about what they should do. Should they trade the pick? Should they keep the pick? Um, should they package a player with their pick? Should they move up? Should they move you know down in a draft? Um, there was actually a Propel's talk show yesterday with Lito Ross Taz. Um, Justin, they did a show giving their opinions about what they should do. Chaz dropped the show. We haven't got a chance. Check out the football talk. Check out the Chaz show. Um, yeah, man. I mean, some of these opinions you you know, you know already. Some of them are new, and there's been a bunch of other platforms that have dropped things about what the Pelicans have, uh, should do. And even before it was it was announced, we were officially at 14. Odds alone, we were all prepping and say, all right, end of the lottery. What you gonna do? Yo, man, um, I, I'm a believer that, you know, at this point, especially the, the state that this organization is in, we'll see what happens with, with Trajan Langdon, which is a show down the line, who has a uh, currently, you know, from, he might have an interesting situation to, to look into with Washington, and, I, and I'll just leave it there with their basketball operation job available out there for him. But, yo, I mean, you know, Pelicans, when you look at the, the team right now, you look at Dyson Daniels, you look at Trey Murphy entering his third year, Herb Jones to his third year, Jose Alvarado. Um, you know, we still have some work to do with Zion Williamson at a lot of different levels. And there's, you know, the, could we could be talking about Carlo maybe uh, at some point joining, joining this team, joining this roster. Point is, man, you got a lot of young guys on this team. As is Kyra Lewis, if Jackson Hayes is brought back, you got a lot of individuals that have a developmental shift shift that you invested into already that should be important pieces to this team. I mean, not all those guys that I listed, but you know enough enough of them to where that's where your I think your energy and a lot of levels should be. EJ Liddell, I think drafting another guy unless you feel like they're a sure thing. It's, it's, there's a different side to the fact of that when you are a small market, you know, you want to have as many assets and you know, quality possible players. But I don't question um, the talent with some of the individuals 
drafted to New Orleans. Um, I questioned the, the the time from a developmental perspective and the overall um, ability towards getting them turned into something, the, the, the vision, the path in reference to them being Pelicans to where it just feels like putting another young guy, unless you are truthfully going to stash him to the G League. And every time we talk about these things, guys get hurt and these rookies are put in the spot. So once they have to play, um, maybe earlier than sometimes it's expected, or maybe at a time in which they're not ready, I think that um, I don't think you can afford, or I don't think this team, and what I view as a make or break year for a lot of different individuals um, in this organization, I think it's tough to draft another, you know, I just do unless you are trading up for Chance's idea, trading up for a guy like Scoop Anderson, of course. You know, you do something like that, then I get it. Or even, you know, even uh, Brandon Miller uh, from uh, Ohio State. Those, those are things in which, all right, well, that that makes sense. That's a surefire, ta- surefire talent, a dude that's a, you know, a top four, top three overall talent. But you talk to dudes, uh, you know, around and just draft it, and, you know, you get different various opinions about how deep it is. I, I, don't, I haven't talked to a lot of people that view this draft as being, some, as being deep. Um, some view it as being top heavy. And if you're the Pelicans, by unique quality depth, you have enough, I think, young guys that are going to play in some of those roles. I think the best um, the best course of action is to look to shop and trade that draft pick. And I ultimately think that's what they would do. Um, and whether that's that means that Jonas Valanciunas is attached, which is something that I also that I also think will happen. You know, some type of situation where you package fourteen, and you know, when Jonas maybe you trade back for you know for picks down the you know, down the, the end of the first round, second round pick, you know, upgrade there or, or in a different spot. But I think ultimately that's what they will do. But I can also see the see that you know the uh, the elements where they don't get exactly what they want necessarily. You know, and maybe they you know they have a Different individuals that they like, that they feel like it uh, from, a, from a protection, from a cost metric might fit. Maybe someone, individual that is ready to play less of a project, less of a raw talent, and you can have a vision for that individual, um, you know, sooner than maybe some of the some of the guys that needed more work once they got into the facility. So, I mean, we'll see. But I, I, I'm curious to what you guys think. Should they should they trade the pick? What do you ultimately think will happen? I think that there's some guys out there that make sense, and I could see um, how they would fit. But I just think the Pelicans got a, got a lot on their hands right now. They, you know, they um, they have to secure their floor right now, right? I think they have to secure the floor, and by that I mean you have to add ready-made or ready-made talent, guys that fit, guys that aren't trying to figure things out individuals that know exactly who they are and it's a clear indication regardless of influence from front office from the coaching staff where this individual fits and um yeah i mean i think that this team needs that right away it's too many unknowns from the games played to the structure of things to the availability of certain guys to even how those individuals fit once they are available and what's you know, how's, how's Herb Jones? Is Herb Jones going to, going to look different coming into the start of next season? No. What's Dyson Daniels going to look like? Is Trey Murphy going to be even better? Uh, you, know, you have a lot of those questions there. 
I think that should be your focus when it comes to young talent. Take that pick, um, attach it with you know um, a veteran or someone currently on your on your team to get an upgrade uh, towards another position. I think that you work on your roster and you should be looking to put yourself right back in where we were. You know, a team that has an opportunity to contend in the Western Conference and talking top six around this time, uh, fingers crossed, you know, as, as, as where we wanted this team to go. I think it's a similar similar situation, but um, the expectations, if healthy, should go beyond that. We'll see what they do. What do you think they should do? And who are some of the prospects that you like? I'm, I'm, I'm with them wanting a shoot. I'm with them thinking that they need a shoot no matter what they do. Uh, if they do decide to draft somebody even later in the draft, the team needs a shooter and you can use a, use a movement shooter of sorts of someone more moderate, even if it's a big man, somebody more moderate. I don't know if they can afford to draft another 19, 20-year-old individual that's going to need time to grow that's not ready to contribute if their number is called. Because nine times out of ten, that person, you know, that, that number is always called with the luck that we've had with this franchise. So that's that side of things. Um I think if you ask 60, 70 of Pelicans fans, most of them will say that they believe that they should trade the pick. I'm with that. Um, second part of the show, man, Herb Jones. We just we just talked a little bit about Herb, and you know, in, in, in retrospect to this draft and what we feel, what what he may or may not look like coming into his third season as a as a professional. Um, he's due for you know an extension very soon. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what the Pelicans do there and what Herb does and how he continues to improve. But um, it's about a week old now. I, you know, I missed it, but I did want to talk about it a little bit. Herb Jones, for the second straight year, was left off of an all-NBA defensive team. And while I recognize the outrage, and I, I think he, from the numbers, from a numbers perspective, analytics, the eye test, from what I watched, all the different games, from the reputation that he's got, the, the respect that he has around the league. Yeah, I think he deserved to make one of those teams. But I think he deserved to make it last year as well. And you know, one of the one of the messages that I want to kind of kind of make make known for those that are kind of that are tired of this game or confused about it. Look, man, you are small markets. You know, if, if you're a guy like like that. You're a specialist of sorts. You want to make one of these teams. You have to be a personality of sorts. You have to be a superstar, or your team has to win when you're a small market team that hasn't won consistently. That is the reality. You know, I think her, I mean, uh, not her, but Drew Holiday is a perfect example. Think about how long it took him to make a defensive team. We talked about, you know, him needing to make it every year. Or once he started to get healthy, he started to, you know, to consistently play, um, you know, at, over over sixty games, there was I think a couple seasons back to back we should have made a team. He ended up didn't you know you know he, he didn't end up making a team until I think his second to last year and the, the, the year after that. Well, that's how it works. And um, you know, ironic now with those teams a little different because statistically, Drew was a part of a lot of bad statistical defensive teams for the Pelicans, which him and Anthony Davis didn't make a lot of sense, but that was the reality. The interesting thing with Herb is that statistically speaking, 
Berg was a part of a good defensive team. Um, and and I think for more for most of the season was a good defensive team, even even on on field. Um, you know, I think you know, the Pelicans had some they had some some areas of weakness, but they had a good defensive season. I think you know overall. And Herb was at the top of that list of reasons why his, his overall flexibility is um, his ability to guard different positions is you know his mind. I think early in the year he struggled with foul trouble in certain in certain areas against certain guys. Um, he got better as the year went on, and we saw some really good individual performances, good team performances. You know, but hey, man, the the other side to that is that a lot of this is politics. You know, if I thought about it the other day. I said, if, if, if Jose Alvarado or Trey Murphy defensively were the player that Herb Jones was, they, they were the same kind of player, top to bottom. They had their personalities. There's no doubt that Trey or um, Jose would have would have made the team. That's just how it goes. More, more people think about their name, especially for a team that did not end up making it to the playoffs, that, um, that underachieved. In some stretches, when you when you ask around injuries or whatever, whatever the the excuse, the rhyme or reason is why, that's how it works. And a lot of these national writers, man, I mean, hell, we don't even watch every every game or every team. That's just how it works. a lot, but same goes for these national and these, these, these local writers. They don't watch every single game. And I forgot who said it on Twitter, man, but they said the mediocre basketball um, in, in, in small markets don't sell. So it would have been a lot harder, especially Herb Jones, for him not being a personality. And a lot of games without Zion, just games without Brandon Ingram, for him to get the recognition and get the watch that he deserved. You got dudes that, you know, that know Herb Jones. I think defensively, you know, you ask seven out of ten people, they know who he is. But when I was on Twitter during the year, I saw more people on average talk about his weaknesses shooting throughout the year than they did. But, you know, um, I think eventually, I think he will make a team. I, I we should all agree that he will make a defensive team at some point. But winning is going to have to come with that. Some level of consistency. Um, and that's beyond his, you know, his control, right? You know, um, I think it was Chaz. Or it might have been five. I don't, I, I don't remember who said it, but, but someone ended up ended up saying like, you know, Brandon and Zion owe Herb Jones a defensive player or, or, or a defensive team appearance. And that's a good value. I mean, that's a good point. If the Pelicans finished top six. Um, if the Pelicans finished top four. If the Pelicans just make it, just, just make the playoffs. If they're not they're not in the play in. Um, and more national writers are talking about them. And more national TV games have their stars available. More than likely, Herb Jones gets the benefit of that. He gets the benefit of being a part of those things. And only because he has to overcompensate for the fact that he just wants to hoop. Unfortunately, that's the downside to this business, to any business, to any type of, you know, to, to these sports is that it's more than just, it's, it's more than just your production. Unless you're winning. Unless you're winning or you're a superstar. If Kawhi Leonard wasn't a superstar player throughout his career, he would have missed a lot of different teams. Personality sale, man. Brand sale. You know, it, it meets the eye. It gets, 
it, it, it gives you a longer lease than it does for someone who just finally goes about their business. That's unfortunate, but that's, I think, the name of the game. But back-to-back years of people having outrage, I saw J.J. Reddick talk about it, and a few other national pundits, national writers. Oh, George said, I, I believe that you vote Kirk Jones as the best player of the year. And we, you know, we saw this happen, ironically, again, with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was the most, he was called, Listen to so many podcasts, so many articles, most underrated player in the NBA. And he became, his name kept being mentioned as one of the more underrated players in the league to where he no longer became underrated. Slowly but surely, Pelicans get one year where they, I think they won 45 games a year before he gets out. And if I'm correct, that was the year he ended up making the, um, the his first defensive uh, team as a, as a Pelican. So Herb Jones made May, may need a second fate. Hopefully this is the year where everything comes together. You know, when you get a chance to, um, a lot of individuals get an opportunity to get there, um, you know, what we do. But, I mean, look, the beginning of the year, it looked like, look, man, you had you had Jose Alvarado make a rise of stars. Trey Murphy made a rise of stars. Um, you know, uh, Trey was in the duck contest. CJ McCollum was in a three-point shootout. Like, the energy and the attention is there, right? You know, it is it is there, but part of it is the fact that you want these superstars, you want these talents, they have to play. And more importantly, I think this team has to win. It has to succeed. You get that, you get some consistency. You get the Warriors, you get the Pelicans being more of a, of a, of a mainstream conversation. Some of this stuff is going to take care of itself, especially for her. So um, it's unfortunate, but I do think that That's how it goes. That's how it's always been. It shouldn't be a surprise. Um, this team wins next season. He'll be on one of those teams. And then we'll be talking about whether he deserves it or not. We'll be talking about is he defensive player of the year candidate. That's just how it goes. So, yo, man, appreciate y'all for pulling up. Um, you know, I'll tap in with y'all again, again next week. Maybe do another list. Maybe maybe talk about the topic. I'm going to try to maybe get a, get a draft guest on and talk about current talent, possible future talent. Um, but yeah, man, let me know what you think. What were your thoughts if I missed them about Herb Jones being snubbed? Leading the Pelicans should do it for Shout out to our people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Shout out to our to our um to our guys and girls at Burnside Law Firm as well as New York Life. We're in space. 